in their episode of one for one i'm your host nolan schumann joined as always by my co-host miles fuchs miles i'm sad today i know you are man i'm 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 right there with you god it it was just it was such a fun season it was so close oh i had so much fun and um and Obviously, and to all the to all the listeners out there who hate when we talk football, we'll strap in for about five minutes because uh, we're about to talk some we're about to talk some ball. Um, Have a light a cigarette, yeah, or just uh, <laughs> fast forward if if it if it really means that much to you, <clears throat> Pastor Dave. Um, so <laughs> he's catching strays the past couple episodes. Uh, well, that's that's okay. You know the uh, you know the graph that says fuck around and find out. Well, that's fuck around and find out. Vikings uh, fans deserve the deserve the tears. Yeah, yes. exactly. So we're recording on um, February thirteenth, the Monday after the Super Bowl. And it just it sucks. Uh, so as you know by now, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, thirty-eight to thirty-five, um, in Super Bowl. Was it fifty-seven last night? Yeah, 57. fifty-seven. And, fifty-seven years. You know, it it really bums me out. Um, first and foremost, I do want to say, and if, if there are any Eagles fans, and I don't, I don't think there's really that many. Um, but if if there are Eagles fans out there that are like. Hey, the refs, the refs gave the Chiefs the game. Stop. Just shake your head for a minute and like take a breather, take a smoke break and let's recalibrate. Um it is not the referee's fault that uh the uh, that the that the uh, Eagles surrendered uh, 24 second half points to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um it's not uh it, it's not uh it's not the refs fault that uh, uh my <sighs> I don't want to say his name. My 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 good old pal Jonathan Gannon did not make any adjustments whatsoever in the second half. And it's it's one of those things where and we've mentioned this before is like the uh uh the clip the we are who we thought they were. And this is kind of exactly what it was with Jonathan Gannon. Actually, a a better a better way to put this is it's the Scooby Doo meme of taking off the mask. And it's like, oh my god, who is this great defensive coordinator? And then it's like he's been kind of playing like sus competition this entire time. So like we really haven't had to scheme against like a really great offensive mind. Or well, I mean they did in in like Kyle Shanahan, but like they didn't really have to scheme against like the quarterback the quarterback head coach combination and lo and behold pull off the mask and it's just the same old Jonathan Gannon that we knew from last season and so it's just it's 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 really funny that um it just it just didn't go the Eagles way um anyways Miles I'm getting ahead of myself uh what what did you want to say it looked like you saw a funny yeah I'm laughing because um I don't know if I want to add to your misery, but I'm going to. Oh, um, great. <laughs> great. Yeah. And you know what's coming to our good friend Jay sent some screenshots of some Nolan takes oh, about the God. Eagles the other day. And that's just why I'm laughing because you care so much about the Eagles and I appreciate it. 
and it's your 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 takes are always not always pretty good you've just got a couple that are funny but for uh, the reason i'm bringing this up is because howie roseman did a great job building this team they were fun to watch all season i great super bowl right Mm-hmm. It was a very good game. So we were entertained. The result didn't work out the way you wanted to. What, 17 points in the fourth quarter? Uh, 24. In, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. 17, 17 in the fourth, fourth quarter, quarter, 24 yeah. in the in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. You can't expect to win a football game doing that. Doesn't matter if there was the phantom false start in the first half from that offensive line. I can't remember his name. I can't spell it either, probably, or say it. Uh, oh, uh, Isaac Samalo. The right guard, right? Yeah, Isaac Samuel. Yeah, and then so if, if regardless of that play and regardless of the James Bradbury play, and yeah, the fumble, the fumble too. Right. So Jalen Hurts had a really good game. Oh man, he, he was such. He's him. He's he is. He, I I I I said this last night. No matter what happens in this game, Jalen Hurts is the guy, and I am. Uh, it took me a very long time for me to get to that point. That's um, that's more so what I'm when I was talking about the J chirps because Nolan had a draft day tweet where he was like, I'm going to jump out a window when they picked Jalen Hurts. It wasn't, it wasn't the Jalen Hurts selection. It was, uh, it was actually the Landon Dickerson selection, which is a, an even, an even tougher one. It was more <laughs> so I just, you have to remember, like I'm fresh off of Justin Jefferson slipping, like slip, like he was right there. He was right there, and, yeah. and it's and it was constantly fumbling the bag and like playing Greg Ward as like your number one receiver and Travis Fulgham, and it's like when that happens to you so many times, you start to think, does this guy not have like like his move anymore? And that was where I was coming from. Was like I just don't know if this guy necessarily has it anymore. Um, so, but in, but in Howie, we trust now. We're back. the 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 love is not lost anymore. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do think though that, um, heavens to Betsy, they need to find another defensive coordinator because I, I don't oh, think I can well, deal with another year of Jonathan Gannon. Gannon's going to Arizona, isn't he? He, he's interviewing right now, and so yeah. Eagles fans everywhere are now, uh, um, are now multiplying, and they are deciding to uh, uh, collaborate on changing their profiles to Arizona Cardinals fans and saying, "I hope we get this head coach. I hope we get this guy." <laughs> This will be a great hire for our organization. Isn't that such a Philly thing to do? Yeah. Mobilize lords. Mobilize. <laughs> Mobilize lords. But so this this is going to be a little bit of a tangent, but because um, I I don't want it to sound like I'm just like ruthlessly chirping you. Um, like, oh, no. No, 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 okay. no, no. I think that's the, and like, I wouldn't do a sports podcast with you if I didn't care what you had to say, if I didn't like listening to your opinions on stuff but i think that that's the beauty of uh of sports in general right like that's how many seasons ago was that three seasons ago yeah well the the jalen hurts selection yeah was 2020 so that's yeah yeah yep. so but look at how things can change in three years oh man. it's Just crazy like, man you can go from the bell of the ball to the to the beast in you know, in a matter of weeks. So it's just really cool to see what, uh, what Roseman was able to do, what that coaching staff was able to do, what that quarterback, what that offense was able to do all year. Um, future's really bright in Philly off season is going to have a lot of questions though, man. Like I really hope Jason Kelsey doesn't retire. He played an excellent season and an even better Super Bowl. If you watch some of his like offensive lineman highlights aren't really sexy to watch, but he had a couple pull blocks that were just like allowing Hertz to just walk into the end zone. On, on some of those rushes. So 
Um, that's the first jersey I bought. First Birds jersey I bought was a Kelsey jersey. Um, gotta love the big man up front. The big man up front. So, yeah, I know he's one of them. Uh, like Fletch probably is a restricted free unrestricted free agent this year too. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, if if he's back, it's for it's for absolutely dick all. Like you leadership have to be leadership reasons. Yeah, right? exactly. And then yeah. it's, it's the same situation with Brandon Graham as well. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to just quickly mention, and and we can we can kind of tie up all of our thoughts. Um, but this goes back to just how impressed I was at Jalen Hurts, and and in even even more the even more than the fact that he had a passing touchdown, he had three rushing touchdowns last night, and a, a crucial. A crucial two-point conversion near the end of the game. Um, just the showing term rock star. He is, is he, thrown around a he's, lot. He's he's the guy, and it 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 absolutely rocks my socks off. But um, if anybody, um, uh, you're obviously familiar with uh, Giovanni Hamilton, uh, the Giovanni Show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, if if you, if you aren't familiar with who uh, uh, Giovanni Hamilton is. Uh, he's a podcaster. He was born with Schwartz Jampel syndrome, which is like uh, dwarfism, and it's given him like, like abnormalities and things like that. Um, and so, but he runs this. He runs this Eagles podcast, and he's one of the most passionate Philly fans out there. And he was he was at the Super Bowl yesterday, and he actually got to ask Jalen Hurts a question. And he said, "What is one lesson from this game that you will take on to the next?" And Hertz kind of thought about it and he was like, all right. And he said, you want to cherish these moments. You want to cherish these moments with the people that you've come so far with, you know, your family, your loved ones, your teammates, your peers, everyone you do it with and do it for. I think the beautiful part about it is everyone experiences different pains. Everyone experiences different agonies of life, but you decide if you want to learn from it, you decide if you want to use it as a teachable moment. And I know I'll do that. And that's like the poignancy of a 24-year-old quarterback who just went to his very first Super Bowl and played his fucking heart out. It it just I'm I'm all in. I'm absolutely all in on this person on not only the athlete but the fucking man. Like fuck yeah. I'm give me a Jalen give me Jalen Hurts any day of the week. Oh yeah, he is the man. And speaking of pain, if anybody's been in pain listening to us talk about football the past couple of weeks, good for you. It's over and it won't come back for, you know, uh, a few months. So enjoy it. You so can uh, you, you can listen freely. Switching gears, Nolan, uh, Super Bowl halftime show, Rihanna. Yeah, good. Very good. I thought yeah. that was a very, very entertaining performance. Good to see her back after a nine-year hiatus. So shout out to Rihanna and she's pregnant with another pebble another asap rocky their their babies are pebbles Boom. yeah um i i, I was i was going to say it uh, th- there was a little bit of a weird thing where people were like where people were like i bet rihanna's pregnant and it's like should we really be doing should we really speculate if people are pregnant i don't know it's one of those things where it's like i'm not going to go up to a woman and ask her if she's pregnant or not so it's like i don't i guess if it's like a celebrity and like people obsess over children and stuff i don't know i just thought it was a little weird but a a powerful example of example of her ability to um to make that announcement in like a boss way. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna celebrate. We're gonna choose to celebrate. Rihanna she did yeah. a great job. Also made me think back to uh, the Black Eyed Peas performance in 2011 in Dallas. Didn't they also perform at the Grey Cup like five years before that? The Black Eyed Peas. I believe they did. I'm I don't gonna, know, but I'm gonna if you this. if you're bored and you want to watch like waste. 
13 to 16 minutes of your life, watch that Black Eyed Peas performance because it is hot dog water. It's so bad. Uh, Black Eyed Peas did perform at the 2005 Grey Cup. 2005 Grey Cup. Where, where was that? Was that uh, Regina? No, no, that, that, was was a, that, was, that was a BC place. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, and it's like, Oh my God! Listen to this. The Grey Cup. So uh, Black Eyes, uh, Black Eyed Peas uh, performed at the halftime, but the line right before that, the Grey Cup parade was held the day before. Pamela Anderson served as the Grand Marshal of the parade. <laughs> Fuck yeah! That's so sick. That's so BC. Oh boy, oh boy! But football season is over. We are back, focused on hockey, focused on the Oilers, who have had a very busy week of games which we are going to be recapping for you. Going to be talking about the game against the Red Wings, game against Philly, speaking of Philly, the game against the Senators, and the game against the Montreal Canadiens. After that, we will move into um, next week's games discussion, Oilers talk. There's lots going on with trades uh, throughout the team and and some prospect discussion as well. Once that's done, we'll move into some NHL talk. Uh, big trades last week. Uh, seeing Tarasenko go to the Rangers. So we're going to break that down, talk about a few more things that have made the news this week and and wrap it all up with a rock star of the week that is uh, interesting to say the least. So Nolan, if that sounds good to you, why don't you, uh, why, would you mind kicking us off with the game against the Red Wings from uh, February 7th? Yeah, because I actually got to like kind of watch this one on and off because uh, Taylor and I decided to go out for a nice little dinner that night. So then. I, figure, I figured it kind of worked out because... Um, we went to a place where there was a TV, so <laughs> I kind of got away with that. Where I where I said to the guy, "I'm like, hey, hey, yeah, uh, hey, man." And, it he, fell and, and he and he walked over, and I said, "Hey, uh, can you uh, can you maybe get the Oilers game on for me?" By the way, is that a is that an asshole thing to do? To ask for a game? Yeah. No, absolutely not. Okay, good. I just I don't I think just so at to make all. Sure. No, I I I don't think so, man. Okay, I I wanted I I wanted I wanted to put that out to the listeners if it's if it's like obnoxious to ask for like a specific game because most of these like sports bars and stuff. Well, not sports bars, but like any sort of like bar or restaurant that has like all these TVs typically has like a center ice package or something like that, yeah. so they can basically get any game that you want to watch on there. So, well, not to mention you're in Ontario and it's a Red Wing game. There's lots of fans that cross that Michigan border. That's totally. It's not like that's not like like it would be um inconsiderate or something to ask if you were in i don't know let's use the you're in winnipeg and there's a jets game and you're like oh can you play the lightning and the on the big screen yeah can you play the lightning and the islanders i'm a really big lightning guy like that that would be obnoxious but no time and place and day of the week all that is in your favor i think i think you're well within your right as a as a patron Perfect. Thank you. Uh, by the way, Miles, did you uh, did you like the title of this uh, of this game? <laughs> more than I should. Um, but I have a feeling this is going to get a little bit of feedback. Is uh, title of this game? Fog Daddy ninety six gets his red wings. <sighs> ah! A five two win over the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I mean. To put it simply, this is the first game back after the two-week hiatus. Um, so all-star break is over. It's time to kick off your boots and let your hair down. So obviously the Oilers have to give us a scare. One-for-one one love child, Tyler Bertuzzi. We'll get to him, by the way, uh, in a, a little bit later in the show. Uh, makes it one one nothing Red Wangs, 10-24 into the game. The first period would end one one nothing with shots, nine, uh, 9 for Edmonton, 10 for Detroit. And... 
Ryan McLeod was killing it on the course, and now he's killing it on the ice with his ninth of the year. Broberg and Kane get the assist. 1-1 hockey game. Fogue Daddy, 36 seconds later, after Clouder's goal, gets hit, uh, gets one of his own from Nuge to put them up 2-1 Oilers. Not a typo, but it's the Fogue Man, 2.0, getting his second of the game, his seventh of the year. This one also from Philip Broberg, who's uh, on a multi-point night, kind of, kind of nasty. Nasty. And Vinny D, Vinny D, Vinny D, Vinny DeHarnay, uh, who definitely is going to get fired from the Shore store <laughs> after missing all these shifts to play hockey. 3-1 Oilers. <laughs> Villain and all-around scumbag Joe Valeno. Why is, why is Joe Valeno a scumbag? Because this, this was that rough stuff game. Oh, right. He was he's being always at the center face. of it. He yeah. was at the center of every scrum. Right, right, right. See, I wasn't able to pay attention to all the like little things, you know, the nuance, the little minutia, if you will. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here in the notes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Merles. Uh, To bring the Red Wings back within one scoring this goal nine seconds before the second intermission. Classic Oilers. Uh, Third period then uh, got underway with some back and forth hockey in a tight one goal game. Lots of rough stuff. Chippy after the whistle things. Uh, Nuge finally gets one though to to the back of the cage to give the Oilers some breathing room with a power play goal from Beery Boy and McDanielson. The empty netter for Kane would be uh, Evander Kane's seventh of the year, assisted by hometown hero Brett Kulak, and sealed a 5-2 Oilers win. Welcome back, baby boys. Uh, Red Wings outshot the Oilers 32-7, and the Oilers' PK was nasty, stopping all five shorthanded situations. Oilers went one for four on the power play in the game. Jack Campbell was solid as a rock, like like a 2000 Chevy ad out like a rock making, <laughs> making 30 of 32 saves. Good soup. Do you remember those? Oh, like a rock commercials I, I, for Chevy. I, I do. I do. That's I do. a core memory. Hey, yeah. Do I always remember. I, I was going to say, do, uh, do, do you know what I miss is the, uh, is the, uh, the friggin' zoom, zoom kid for Mazda. Oh, zoom, 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 zoom. The, the new, all new Mazdas, Mazda three. Yeah, dude, the auto commercials. I remember the the out like a rock was a really good branding from Chevy. I also like the heartbeat of America Chevy ads because that's just like red, white, and blue. Just absolutely loves patriotism. Oh man, I'm buying every Chevy I can when I see one of those come up. They should bring that back. I would, you know, I know trucks are bad because of the environment, but I would love to see it. Love to see it. Imagine, you know they, I lo- imagine they did it for like an electric truck though. playing to both demographics the liberals would love that fuck you Uh, uh, well Nolan I think it's time that we talk about Philly trash we've been talking we've talked about Philly Philly good but we'll talk about some Philly trash and that was a 2-1 loss in Philadelphia on February 9th so gross so gross all-star Stuart Skinner gets the nod his first nod since the break Oilers step into the Thunderdome, formerly known as the Wachovia Center, now Wells Fargo Center, uh, to take on the other orange team in the NHL. Catahat, product of Sherwood Park, Alberta, playing against his childhood team. Always a fun little storyline when the uh, when the Flyers come to town or when the Oilers go to Philly. All-star Kevin Hayes opens the scoring, one nothing Flyers. And uh, second game in a row where the Oilers start slow against a shitty opponent. The first period finished one nothing with the Flyers out shooting the Oilers 10-7. to Insert Philly shoot story here. So I- I'm sure you're familiar with the shoot Philadelphia fan thing, right? Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately. So when we were in Philadelphia earlier this season, 
we went with um Ramus Winston's buddy Hayden, who is from Philly. He's a he is a Philly born and bred boy. Um, actually played hockey with Tony D'Angelo growing up, which is like absolutely insane. So hopefully we can get him on sometime to talk about it. But um, he was telling us about the shoot and just how insane it is and kind of getting us prepared for it. What I wasn't prepared for, Nolan, was uh, like during a whistle, a stoppage of play, fans would scream, shoot. (laughs) Like it is, Philly Philly fans are nuts. So um, I just, I like, when we were there, they lost to Dallas, right? They lost the night before they lost mm. to Ottawa. Okay. And then the next night they lost to Dallas. Yeah, Dallas and, is a good like, team. Yeah. Dallas is a good team, but yeah. they booed the Flyers like early and often. So I wonder what the, uh, what the Oilers players were like, you know, get, what they were hearing on like a, th- a Thursday night or whatever it was, <laughs> what they, what they would have been getting from those fans. But anyway, second period starts off hot where Evander Kane scores his eighth of the year from McDavid and Yanmark to even things up one to one, <laughs> one for one. <laughs> um, the second period saw shots and the same way the first with the Flyers out shooting the Oilers uh, 12 to 11. Why are we getting outshot by the fucking Flyers? They are not very good. Something to keep in mind. The goaltending battle rages on in a furious third period where the Oilers threw 12 at Hart and the Flyers threw 11 at Skinner, highlighted by that tremendous stick save on Morgan Frost. Um, looked like he missed a wide open cage, but you play it back and Skinny like kind of dived back and, and got a little bit of a little bit of it just to send it over the net. Awesome save. Off to overtime, we go in a 1-1 deadlock. OT no P. I don't know what that was supposed to be. Maybe uh, nothing. Overtime, nothing. Shootout required. Nuge? Yeah. Konechny? No. Dry? No. Frost? Yes. McDavid? No. James Van Riemsdyk? Yes. The Oilers fall to the Flyers, and yes, you heard that correctly, offensive dynamos John Van Riemsdyk and Morgan Frost shot and scored in the shootout. John? James Van Riemsdyk? What? Yeah. I said John. Just, what? you know, whatever. Close. <laughs> Skin Dog stopped 35 shots, good for a .972 save percentage. And Carter Hart stopped 34 shots, good for a .971 save percentage. So when we say goaltending duo, it very much was. Both both goaltenders played exceptional in this game. Great game for two good emerging Canadian goalies. Um, this is exceptional for the brand. I love to see it. But uh, didn't love to see the result. That was a game that they absolutely should have won. And Leon... It became a became a bit of a trend this road trip, but he looked like a passenger a lot more than he should have. I'm getting a little worried with him. Thinking he might be hurt, or thinking I think that he, the effort's not there. I feel like he's been hurt this entire. Day. I f- I wouldn't be surprised if he's still hurting from like L.A. like the L.A. Mm-hmm. series. Like yeah, not, yeah. There's been lots of of um, speculation on that on Twitter. A lot of fans are thinking that he's dealing with some lingering effects from that high ankle sprain. You hope he's not, but if he is, I mean, warrior for playing through it. And if he's just being a shit, well, pick it up, Leon. Yeah, and and that's the thing. And that was one thing that he actually um, uh, that he addressed at the All Star availability was he said like I I know that I haven't been very good this season. I know that I can be a lot better. So at least he has the self awareness to realize that he's been kind of dogging it the last little bit. But if he's hurt, man, why did he go to the All Star game? That's kind of where I'm coming from too. Is like yeah. As an organization, you also should be on his Protecting ass. Protecting your like, asset. If he, you have to be good to go. Like you're one of the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. I um, hope that that wasn't just Batman like bullying his way and saying you gotta be there or something like that, right? But yeah, I mean, it also wouldn't shock me if if 
if Leon Dreisaitl is like, yeah, I'm kind of hurt, but like it's Florida. I'm gonna go yeah. to Florida with my with my good pal Connor. Or I Connor was Turks like, yeah. Or Connor was like, hey, can you not send me by myself? I don't want to hang out with freaking Troy Terry. <laughs> um. Anyways, moving on from that, the Oilers and and yeah, you are you're incredibly right. Like this game was so frustrating, uh, just because they are the stinky Flyers, and anybody who knows this Oilers team is they tend to play down to their competition when they can, and they've been doing a very good job of not doing that. So when it creeps back up, then it's all the more concerning. And we're gonna get to the Montreal game because there's a trend that's starting to show again. That was an early early season thing that we thought went away for a while and it's starting to rear its ugly head back back into the picture. Um, but, Nolan, would you would you mind if I took the Ottawa game and you took the Montreal game? Because you watched the Montreal game, right? Uh, yes, I did, yeah. And I did not. So okay. would you mind switching me? That's perfectly fine. Thank you very much because I quite liked your title here. This was very funny. <laughs> federal offense or federal offense, a 6-3 win over Ottawa on February 11th, Saturday matinee game. Oilers head to our nation's capital. Um, where Nolan couldn't follow the players and media around the hotel. That is what Ottawa should be known for uh, and and will be known for throughout the rest of one for one. Justin Trudeau was not in attendance for this one because when his aide told him the Oilers were in town, he thought that meant the convoy was back and quickly hopped on a flight to go to Cuba at the taxpayer's expense. So many Darrens just just fist pumped so hard right now in their trucks. <laughs> I thought that was good. The Oilers are in town and he's like, oh boy. Pops gets out, gets the heck out of there. Uh, but Conrad McDervinson decides he's going to remind everybody who he is and gets the game's first goal. His 42nd of the year, two minutes and 18 seconds into the game, banking it in off of the goalie, Anton Forsberg, from behind the net, LOL. Dreisaitl and Zachary Robert Munch get the assists on that one. First period ends one nothing with the Oilers out. He's a children's author, by the way. Yes, that was the connection there. I hope people know who Robert Munch is. Legend. No, I no, I know, but I wanted to annoy the fuck out of everybody and, and mention oh. that he's a children's author, by the way. Oh, Nolan, that's that's what we in the business like to call foreshadowing, what oh, you just e- did there. Excellent, thank you. Because the first period ends one nothing with the Oilers out shooting the Sens, 14-7, to and Svenny G, good friend of the show, is crying into a can of Sleeman, we can only assume. Second period starts with a Josh Sanderson goal. Jake. 21 se- Jake? Yep. Josh, Jake. James okay. John, you know, you know, you know, yeah, scores exactly. 21 seconds, scores 21 seconds into the frame guy scored before he had time to recover from the oops. Sorry. Just going to sneak past you. Here's while all the Alberta boys and girls got back to their seats, double fisting beers, one, one game, a minute and 20 seconds later, uh, one for one darling Zachary Martin Hyman, who is a children's author, by the way, I don't know if you knew that is obstructed with a clear path of the goal resulting in a textbook penalty shot where he makes a beautiful move to sneak one past Forsberg on the backhand and makes it 2-1 Oilers. We simply love to see it. Red Hot Ryan McLeod is the definition of Johnny on the spot as he is the beneficiary of Connor McDavid's incredible individual effort to com- after completely little-boying Thomas Shabbat, putting him in the spin cycle, and then feeding the trailering Clowder for the 3-1 Oilers lead. Wicked play. Wicked pass. So Wicked sick. McDavid. Yeah. If that's not his best assist... I would love to see what is because that was just a thing of beauty. He had uh, that one that was against uh, Chicago that I think was very similar. It was, mm-hmm. uh, and then there was the one where he uh, dished off the puck to uh, Pat Maroon. Call call me old fashioned, but uh, doing that against Thomas Shabbat is is 
feels better than doing it against the Blackhawks. Yeah, really sick. Uh, Claude Giroux offseason acquisition for the Senators gets his 21st of the season on the power play to make it 3-2 Oilers. And then Eric Brandstrom gets his first of the year against us with two minutes left to make it 3-3 heading into the dressing room in between the second and third period. And at this point, you're just sitting there, Peter Griffining with your hand on your forehead. But the Oilers responded and put on a masterclass of tenacity, scoring three unanswered goals in the third period and dominating the rest of the game, highlighted by a vintage streaking snipe from Kulak and Nurse for three Oilers. Derek Ryan scores another shorty from Kane and Kulak, 5-3 Oilers. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets a power play goal from McDavid and Dreisaitl to make it a 6-3 final. Shots were 40-29 to for the Oilers, who went 1-5 for on the power play and 3-4 for on the penalty kill. Jack Campbell turned away 26-29 shots. Want to give a legit thoughts and prayers here to Anton Forsberg, who tore both of his MCLs in this game and is expected to miss the rest of the season. Never want to see a guy go through that. Um, Good news, by the way, uh, that did also just come out fairly recently. I think it came out earlier this morning. Uh, no surgery required for him. Uh, no. So they said that he'll, he'll be like a two-month recovery or so, which is really yeah. good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah, hopefully he can bounce back because that's that's two both legs at the same time. It's mm-hmm. scary, man. You don't want to see that. And four more oiler, too. We love and four more oiler. Yeah. yeah. So um, can I... he's, he's been a bit of a bright spot for the Sens this year, too, with all the Cam Talbot stuff. He's, he's played pretty well oh, for them. He's, he... Yeah, he's he he's been great like the last couple of years. Like he's just been kind of one of those under the radar guys that's been very 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 solid. Um, I wanted to just quickly mention I literally typed in Thomas Shabbat McDavid, and the two uh the two things I see are a Sportsnet video that says "Gotta see it." Connor McDavid bullies Thomas Shabbat, <laughs> and then the other one comes from Legends of the Ice, and it says Connor McDavid makes Thomas Shabbat need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Little Boyd was funny, but both of those are 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 plug and plays as well. It's very funny. I, I don't know if you actually saw the uh, Thomas Shabbat quote that was like before the before the game, or I think it was like the day before the game. And he basically said, "If you can shut down McDavid and Drysaddle, like it'll be fine." And then he proceeded to have like Derek Ryan, yes, and Puliyarvi and Ryan McLeod all score on him. <laughs> Insert the uh, uh, Michael Jordan meme where it's like, and I took that personally. Yeah. Oh God. Um, this was a fun game though. I, I got to kind of also see parts of this. Um, I was at the cottage and um oh actually speaking of which, can I men- can I mention uh so I pay for Sportsnet now premium because there is no longer any NHL live, so you can't pay the two hundred and for three hundred dollars or whatever to be able to watch literally any game you want. So I have Sportsnet now premium. I went to watch this game on my phone because I have like a bunch of data and we couldn't get it at the cottage. So I just like put it like on my phone because like it was like a bunch of us guys and we were all just watching hockey all day, which is kind of sick. Um, but I had I was trying to watch this game on my phone, and what am I? What do I find? Apparently, I'm subject to a regional blackout despite the fact that I pay for $250 for Sportsnet Now Premium because that is my only option provided to me by the NHL. And it literally requires me to have to illegally stream despite the fact that I'm paying to be able to watch this game. 
I don't know if there's anything more ass backwards than what the NHL and what Sportsnet and what TSN and whoever the fuck is involved with this. I don't know if there's anything more ass backwards currently in the sport or in sports in general. Like the fact that it's so hard to watch that it's so hard to watch games right now is beyond me. I just, I don't get it. I tried to have NHL live or NHL now or whatever it was. And I kept getting those and it just made me say, no, thank you, sir. And have to find another way to do it. So I, I understand your pain. And I think a lot of people go through that and it's crap. Yeah, it's 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 complete garbage and you wonder why you have issues trying to grow the game and trying to get more eyes on the game because like people are frustrated with this shit. They don't want to deal with this. Like the the fact of the matter is is like I can be watching Sportsnet and somehow get a and cuz I'm I'm not necessarily blaming Sportsnet. I'm kind of more so blaming the NHL, but like, you know, I can be watching. I, I can be watching an NBA. I can be watching the most random NBA game, like uh, Magic Pistons or whatever, on like a Wednesday night, because that will, for some reason, pop up because they have nothing else going on. But yet, I can't watch. I can't watch. You know, the best player in the world taking on another Canadian team, because they decided that oh, the Senators should be able to have their own feed on TSN and the Oilers feed. You can't be able. You're you're not able to watch it. Like what? What the fuck are we doing here? Speaking it's been a while of, since I've said that. Um, speak, speaking of crap, garbage, poop, shit. Want to talk about the game against the Canadians? Not really. Uh, <laughs> but I, 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 I titled this uh, translation, uh, Fart. A 6-2 loss by the hands of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I, I wrote in here both teams playing the second half of a back-to-back NYI. I actually meant to say the Canadians. Uh, and then Miles very lovingly wrote in here, uh, Canadians, or Canadians, not even Canadiens. So um, you're, uh, you are a... Culturally insensitive. Yeah, culturally insensitive Anglophone dick. <laughs> uh, nice typo, Nolan. Uh, beating the Islanders the day before. Wow, does this roster not or have a lot of names I can't say? Like I'm looking through the scoring summary here and I'm legit going Lincoln Park level numb. I don't even know what to try what to try. I hate the Habs so much. <laughs> this is all coming from Miles Fuchs, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Alex Bazile Belzeal uh, scores the lone first period goal to make it one nothing Habbies. Uh, shots finished 14-8, 14 to eight in the first. So if you haven't gathered by now, the Oilers are having a bit of a, a, a tough time starting on time again, which isn't good because this is leading to some very bad habits. Jordan Harrison and Josh Anderson then score a 3 nothing lead for the Canadiens. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl gets a power play goal, though, uh, which uh, just passed the halfway mark of the second, so it gave the Oilers a little bit of life. Uh, 3-1, thank goodness. Then um, it, Evander Kane! Scores from uh, Evan Bouchard and Darnell Nurse two minutes later, and it looks like we might have a hockey game after all. <laughs> Wrong, says Raphael Harvey Pinard, which is an unbelievable name, by the way. <laughs> um, we, I, I was actually saying to Taylor, I'm like, do we need to bring back the first name Harvey? And then I real, and then I remembered who Harvey Weinstein was, and I'm like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> uh, he scores in the power play, four two Habs. Uh, Jordan Harris would then score again in the third, and then Christian Dvorak helps himself out to a nightcap with a shorthanded goal from Kirby Doc to close this one out six two. Shots finished thirty one to thirty for the Oilers. Believe it or not, they were one for six on the power play, which is just 
absolutely god-awful for the boys in blue. Uh, Habs won two for three on the power play. And fun fact, they actually won this game winning only 27.5% of the face-offs. Ha 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 The Oilers won 37 out of 51 draws in the game and lost 6-2. I can't handle it. Stu had a tough one who was all in for six goals on 30 shots. That's an 800 save percentage for all those numbers and guys and gals at home. Uh, oh, and also for the numbers, uh, also for the numbers, people, um, they did win the expected, uh, the expected to win o meter. So uh, if you want to take a, if you want to take a W from this game, there's, there's that. Dude, uh, am I paying? Like, are you? I know you. There's some metrics where, like, yeah, well, it doesn't really matter. The face faceoffs matter, right? Like, if you're controlling that much of the play, like 37 out of 51 faceoffs, you're gaining possession of the puck. You shouldn't lose six to two. Uh, I think that faceoffs matter in a way, not in the way that NHL general managers think that they do. Like, where they'll think like, "Oh, I'm gonna pay a, a like a third round pick for Luke Glendening," or like, that's how. Um, who is it? Oh, you remember when Paul Gostad went for a first round pick? That was I a, do that was not a, remember that, that. That was a really big one. He was on Buffalo at the time, and I think he went to Nashville for like a first. But that was because he like was just elite on faceoffs. But in a way, yes, if you're controlling play that easily, it's just this team just didn't have jam. Like they didn't they, too too many behind the back fucking bullshit passes. Like just not putting it on net. And to be fair, Jake Allen did play really well. So. I'll give Jake Allen credit where credit's due. Um, but I mean, you mentioned this, like one for six on the power play. That's that's killer. Like you're you're, yeah. you're, you're not going to win those types of games. If you're the league's best power play and you're only doing it one out of six chances in, in the game against Montreal. Yeah. And I could something right. I'm really happy that I wasn't at the cottage still because uh, Taylor's uncle was there and he's a unfortunately a Habs fan and oh, like is he an obnoxious Habs fan too? Incredibly, he awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was. I remember uh, last year. I think he said that like this was before the Olympics got canceled. He's like, oh yeah, Cole Caulfield will be on the American Olympic team. Like, and this was like just after he'd only played in the Stanley Cup final. And I'm like, uh, when he was having a really bad season before St. Louis took over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's tough, but uh, okay. Uh, so I and and it's yeah, I just <sighs> frustrating, and it's just one of those things where we had mentioned this before, and we'll kind of get to where we're gonna get to now. But like, I said four and zero. Oh, you said three and one. This is a gravy schedule right now. You have to win these games, and unfortunately. Two one and one while a winning record, you've got it's not good enough. It's not a good enough week. Like no, certainly not. But it 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 is a perfect reminder that no one is perfect, Nolan, especially off of off of our picks of what we thought last week was gonna be. Um so while you can't be perfect, you can be close. Uh oh, it's time for an ad read. This <laughs> the, oh sorry, go on. <laughs> this episode of One for One is brought to you in part by our friends at BetStamp. The All Star break is over, and the teams are fighting to solidify their playoff chances night in and night out. Hitch your wagon to your favorite team and use the best odds finder out there with BetStamp. BetStamp aggregates all of your odds for sports books around Canada, ensuring that you get the ultimate bang for your book. With their easy to use app, you can line up shop with all of the big sports books track your bets with their verified tracking system and even follow winning bettors um, who use the platform and help find those locks speaking of locks nolan insert nolan pick here what do you got for me so a big one i actually liked was um so 
you there's no like there's no props available for any of the Oilers games this week just because like it's on a Wednesday so it's a little bit too far ahead. Um, but one that I did want to mention just because I was I, I was taking a quick gander at it was the division winners and this is a this is a, a, a like a prime example of why bet stamp is really good for this stuff. Um, because right now, if like l- l- like let's say you're feeling the Oilers, for example, you can get the Oilers at a plus two fifty to win the division, um, and that's like that's through North Star bets. Whereas if you kind of take a look through, you you might you might even find it as low as like plus two hundred on like Betwin or plus two ten on Caesars. So it just kind of helps show you that you can maybe get a little bit of an extra payout on these things. And and actually, we we were talking about this before. Um, but an, another interesting one, if, if, if you are, if you're feeling a non Oilers bet, I might even consider Seattle, um, Seattle, you can get a plus 8,000 on Betwin, And like, I like, look, let me check out what they're at right now. I believe they're, they are second in the division still, so they could easily still take this division. And the goaltending while is kind of suspect uh, to the, uh, to say the least, it's very well possible they could take that first place because Vegas is falling slowly but surely. So um, something to keep in mind, but you can get oh, that oh, plus oh. 8,000 at Betwin where, you know, compared to plus 4,000 at Caesars. So something that's to keep huge. in mind. That's huge. And that's quite yeah. a disparity. That's, that's proof right there why you need to download the Betstamp app and use our code one for one. That's just spelled right out like we have it in the title, one for one when you sign up. Thanks to BetSamp for sponsoring the show, and please remember to gamble responsibly. With that out of the way, Nolan, the games that are coming up this week, we've got Detroit again Wednesday, February 15th, then the Rangers on February 17th, and Colorado on Sunday, February 19th. Those are all home games, I believe, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah, yes, so the Oilers' road trip is over. They've got the Wings again, the Rangers, who are resurgent, who are loaded up and who are nasty, and Colorado, who's been making a little bit of a run. So the uh, the easy ones are out of the way, and three big ones here. I am going to make my little prediction here. What are you What are you laughing at? Don't look at your phone. <laughs> Go on. Oh, no. I am going to say that the Oilers are going to respond, and they're going to respond in a big way. They're going to go 3-0. I'll take two and one. I think uh, take Detroit, New York, fall to Colorado, unfortunately. They never seem to play very good against Colorado. So I don't think you're outrageous saying that, but I'm I'm sticking to that three and oh. Uh, check it out. Watch these games. They're going to be good ones. Nolan, let's move on to some Oilers shit. Uh, oh. and, and let's get this big one out of the way first. I know you want to, I know you're chomping at the bit to get at this here. So go, go off, King. Well, uh, Saturday night, there was a bit of a bomb drop during Hockey Night in Canada, and we had all thought that this was going to be regarding like Jacob Chikrin. And while there was a bomb dropping about Jacob Chikrin, Miles told did what I told him not to do, which was look at his phone. Um, but uh, Chris Johnson go. dropped dropped a massive bomb Saturday night. After it seems like the Chikrin talks were all but confirmed to be leading to his inevitable move to L.A. Fuck. Uh, but uh, Chris Johnson reporting that within the last few days, the Oilers and Sharks have discussed a potential fit for San Jose Sharks defenseman Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson currently has 74 points in 54 games, including 18 goals on the year, which, by the way, is more at even strength than checks notes. Oh, 
Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, Carlson has maybe been the best defenseman in the NHL this year and will most likely at the least be nominated for the Norris. However, he turns 33 in May. We'll have four more years remaining on his deal with an $11.5 million cap hit, so there's a couple of major financial hurdles to overcome. Elliot Friedman speculating on 32 thoughts uh, that 97 and 29 would rather have a like puck mover brought in. Uh, wow, color me surprised. Uh, money would definitely have to be moved out, but if you can get King Carl at 6.5 to 7, baby. Very, very attractive. Uh, let's get this out of the way for, like right away. Um, Stoffer, and then I think it was uh, Nielsen from The Athletic. Was- uh, TSN. TSN. What yeah. what was the pa- what's the package that's being talked about going back? So Stoffer was just kind of sp- so okay. I frequently listen to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer because it's not because I like doing it. It's because sometimes Bobby will drop some tidbits, and if there's one guy that's plugged in more than anything uh, in the industry, it's definitely Bob Stoffer. So uh it's he kind of speculated a trade um like a like a potential trade and it was uh something along the lines of because i i don't i know i'm kind of getting all over the place but one of the things that was mentioned previously in the year by frank saravalli was that uh the sharks wanted three first round picks for eric carlson and they would only be willing to retain like 20 percent, so his cap it would still be like nine million dollars um I don't think that's the case because I think there's a few reasons why they why the Sharks would be enticed to make this move. But anyways, Bob Stoffer had speculated on his show earlier uh, that the Oilers could maybe do a package of like uh, Yesipuliyarvi, Tyson Berry, Xavier Borgo instead of sending those those three first round picks, uh, Evan Bouchard as well as a first round pick this year in order to get Eric Carlson back. Uh, now, with that being said, Eric Carlson will probably come back at like 40% retained. So 40% of 11 and a half, uh, you're probably around that six, seven, five, seven million dollar markers or so. Um, and a lot of people are, are losing their minds and for, for good reason, because I don't understand the point of trading two of your right hand defensemen, especially one that is cost controlled and young uh, in Evan Bouchard. However, what I personally think is that this might be a little bit of posturing on Bob's part to kind of take the heat off, or sorry, not to take the heat off, but to basically be like, if this deal happens and they do not include Evan Bouchard in it, and instead it's like those three items that were previously mentioned, well, then it makes Ken Holland look like a genius, you know? And if there's one thing that Oilers now is very well known for, it's for basically being the uh, the press secretary for the for the Oilers Entertainment Group. So. Um, I, I, I don't think that they would move Evan Bouchard. If you're going to move Evan Bouchard in that package though, you have to get more than just Eric Carlson back. Absolutely. Um, because it's kind of, it's go on. No, go ahead. So it's, it, it go. Oh, you're so nice. So like when a couple weeks ago before elephant in the room is it's Bouchard Broberg, right? Like realistic, like it is what everybody kind of thought one of these pieces, like to get a chicken or a Carlson was going to have to go out. And I think a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, you probably would have said like, oh, they're going to try and move Broberg, but he's been playing so incredible. And on the flip side, Bouchard's been having a little bit of a rough go. Fair to say he's had a couple, a couple rough games. He's had a couple of rough games, but the guy still moves the puck quite well. Um, and, and he's in his second year. 
he's like what 23 years old like no i yeah. absolutely i'm not blaming him i'm basically saying i don't want to see either of those guys go in that trade i think that there's other pieces um in bakersfield that could be used to, to kind of be a sweetener be a, a placeholder because like you said if, if all of those pieces go uh there's got to be something other than just eric carlson coming back like just straight nhl level talent they need to have other pieces coming back so I was thinking about this. So I wanted to just take a quick look at the um, and and I and I want to just I wanted to also just throw out a couple numbers too, um, because Eric Carlson is on the absolutely stinky San Jose Sharks, who are seventh in the division, which is second last. They're really bad, and Eric Carlson, the numbers he's putting up at five on five are outrageous for the quality of team that's around him. Um. So, for example, like, let's take a look at, like, Corsi 4 numbers. Uh, he's 54.82%, uh, uh, shots 4%. He's 54.17%, uh, uh, goals 4 percentage. 56.15 leads the Sharks in that category. Expected goals 4. Uh, he's 4th uh, in that. And that's playing, you know, 1,000 minutes. So he plays more minutes than anybody else. And he's fourth and he's fourth in the team in expected goals for percentage um high danger chances same sort of thing again um and he's not like he's got a bit he's on a bit of a pdo bender but like the like a pdo bender would only last a couple weeks like what eric carlson is doing right now is like he's he is eric carlson again now oh, he's, how dude he's how, more than eric he's more than eric carlson again like his career high for points is 82 He's about to crush it. Yeah, he's not. He's gonna smash through that. And so, um, so, so with that being said, and and you have, and and I, I obviously understand people's trepidation behind this move, and I would have some myself too. Is like, he's thirty two years old. He's got four years remaining on his contract. Um, he's not the best defensively, but uh, then again, like, which of the players on the Oilers is is that great defensively? But the the pure ability to move the puck to put that puck anywhere on the ice is like you can't teach that like as much as i love evan bouchard i don't think evan bouchard will ever 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 even come close to the level that eric carlson is at all you have to do is watch a game and you'll see how he how he patrols the blue line and yes like i mentioned He's not very good defensively, but maybe you could maybe chalk that up to he's playing on San Jose, a, a team that is in the lottery. Like they are not good at all. And look at the players around him. He's uh, carrying around the corpse of Mark Edward Vlasic and Mario Ferraro. Like you're, you're telling me that maybe putting this guy with who knows a Philip Roberg, maybe that maybe that might be the ultimate success story right there. Um but I wanted to go back to what what, what we had mentioned, um, what we had mentioned regarding like another piece coming back, because like, you know, if you included Evan Bouchard, um, my pipe dream is that you add even more to that and you try and get him and Timo Meyer, <laughs> <laughs> just swing for the fences. Um, but like maybe Kevin LeBanc, like. Kevin LeBanc makes 4.7, so you'd have to get them to retain salary on him too. And at that point, they would be at their max amount of money that they can, or the, their their max contracts that they can retain on. But like Kevin LeBanc's a guy that's scored 56 points in his career. So like maybe that's a nice little middle six forward that you can add to the mix. But I just, I don't think that, I don't think that this team is going to trade Evan Bouchard. But 
the point being is like the overall point of this being Eric Carlson is Eric fucking Carlson. Like this, this would easily be the best defenseman that we, that the Oilers have had since Chris Pronger. Which is great. Insane to think about. And you think about what they did when they had Chris Pronger, that comparison to not really a comparison, but that mention of Bouchard just made me want to bring up a few more numbers that we have seen here. Nolan, just, just for discussion, take a discussion. NHL Sid on Twitter. He put this out there. At age 23, Eric Carlson had 37 five-on-five points in 1,621 minutes. That's 1.37 points per 60. It's a very high production rate for a defender at that age. At 21, Evan Bouchard had 31 five-on-five points in 1,308 minutes. So that's 1.42 points per 60. So as much as we're shitting on Evan Bouchard for what he's capable of doing, and I understand that who you play with factors into that, your role, um, situations, different things like that. But like Bush is no slouch. No, he's not. And I, it's once again, it's it's what we have mentioned multiple times in this show is like, why is it always the young guys that are getting the flack for this entire? It's for the faults of this entire team. Like, why are we not pointing at Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece for not living up to the expectations we put on them last year after they had that really great run leading into the playoffs? You know, Tyson Berry has been quite good. Uh, and I've been I've been happy with Tyson Berry, and to be honest, like losing him in a deal like this kind of kind of sucks because he's like so good in the room and stuff. But we're we'd be going from Tyson Berry to Eric Carlson, like that's not even a discussion. It's right? not that's, even a discussion. And you know what, man? We've said it before. It would be hypocritical not to bring it up again if you are abiding by this. You know, the windows open, do something kind of thing. This is exactly the type of move that you got to make, regardless of what the implications are. Losing Xavier Bergo, a first overall pick, or a first round pick, sorry, not first overall, um, on top of Bergo and everything like that. It's it's a move you have to make. It's well, it, you're you're at you're in year eight of Connor McDavid. Like yeah. the, the time, the, the like the, the the time for waiting is now. And for all we know, who knows? Maybe Eric Carlson needed two three years to get his body together maybe we are witnessing the birth of a second part to this guy's career yeah where he, he's genuinely great again had a major injury it's not unreasonable to think like if we're talking about the lingering effects of a high ankle sprain for leon dreisaitl imagine what coming back from a torn achilles is like yeah and like not only torn achilles but he's i think he's had like shoulder issues and he's had knee issues and stuff like that um not to mention, like, he's dealt with his own tragedy in his life. Like, this is, these are things that take a toll on somebody. And if this guy comes into a situation now, I mean, he's already quite happy right now, but if he's looking into this and is like, wait a minute, I'm going to go play with two of the best players in the world and go to a Stanley Cup contender. Because if, if Eric Carlson is an Edmonton Oiler, this team is a cup contender. It's not even a question. And it becomes a, it becomes a realistic possibility that Eric Carlson could win his first Stanley Cup and potentially even more. So if if they if they make that move and uh, assuming uh, Bouchard is not involved in it, and it means that they're stinky when Carlson's old, I but they win a cup. I don't oh, care. Exactly. I don't care, and I don't think Oil. I don't think Oilers fans care. I think Oilers fans would do that time and time again. Yep, and I think that there there are there are quite a few people online that are like, why, why would you pay all this stuff up for for a guy who's having one good year? It's like, 
I want this guy right now. Like I, I want to, <laughs> I, I want to go to the playoffs right now and have Eric Carlson's. Can you imagine if he sends the Mike Hoffman pass ex- instead of Mike Hoffman? It's Connor McDavid. <laughs> That's oh a. Che- no, it's not even a cheat code. <laughs> what a stupid, what a stupid, silly possibility. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, we. I just really wanted to mention that because that was an an, an exciting story. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm I'm agreeing with you. Anyways, uh, wanted to also just quickly mention here, uh, here uh, Blink, and you might miss that Matvey Petrov has uh, 76 points in 50 OHL games and the second leads in uh, league scoring in the OHL. Uh, the 19-year-old Oilers sixth rounder has been on fire his last 30 games or so, showing an eye for playmaking as he's also second. Uh, he's also in second place for assists. So, a guy with a little bit of intrigue here, and I know that that draft there was talks about him maybe sliding a bit than where people expected. I think they wanted to say I think it was speculated he was going to be like a mid round guy, and it's really good to see. And I really hope that Matt Petrov turns into something, and hopefully he can uh, make the turn to pro next year. So, um, for looking sure. forward to seeing what he's up to. Yeah, obviously the numbers speak for themselves. He's playing, he's playing great. Um, so we talked about the OHL. We're going to talk about a not so. Good situation that's brewing out west here. Uh, Moose Jaw Warrior and Oilers prospect Max Wanner, along with three other Oilers, or sorry, three other Warriors players, were suspended indefinitely by the team, along with the CHL and WHL, for a breach of contract and team rules pending an investigation. Katie Strang of the Athletic reported uh, Moose Jaw police have been made aware of the incident. Uh, this, along with my insider information, quote unquote, has the beginnings of a not very good situation. So no comments until we see how this all plays out. But uh, early reports are not looking terrific uh, coming out of Moose Jaw. So hopefully this is not what it seems to be. And uh, everything here gets resolved in a good way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like there's, there's no other way. There's no other way to put it, especially just, you know, in light of, all the controversy that's just been around like hockey in general lately, it's you never want to see stuff like this because it always makes you think of the worst possible situation, you know? So um, very much so hoping that it's wrong and and everything is gets figured out. So absolutely. But knock um, knock on wood, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing our, uh, we wouldn't be doing our due diligence if we didn't mention it. uh, If we didn't mention the slightest. So um, we're going to take a bit of a hard left turn (laughs) and we're going to try and uh, uh, now, uh, not, not, no miles. How do you feel about talking about the NHL? I would love to talk about the NHL. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Perfect. Uh, well, a big, big move happened since we last recorded because the Terra Sank show has made it to Broadway because the St. Louis Blues traded winger Vladimir Tarasenko and defenseman Nico Mikola to the New York Rangers for forward Sammy Blay, uh, defenseman Hunter Skinner, a conditional 2023 first and a conditional 2024 fourth. Um, Tarasenko, obviously, uh, if nobody remembers, requested a trade, I believe, before last season or something like that. Um, yeah, it's and, been a while. And had a and had a really nice return to form last season. Was looking really good, and then obviously was injured this season as well. Um, but Tarasenko made his debut, or, uh, made his welcome debut by scoring on a by scoring on a dish from fellow countryman Artemi Panarin. Um, I. I like this move. I, I really do. Um, it doesn't seem like that big of a price to pay for a guy who is like a 35 to 40 goal scorer on a like win now team. And I, I wanted to mention this too, but like does Tarasenko feel like he's always been a Ranger? That's a good way to put it. 
Yeah, I yeah. think that I think like he's a he's a big name. He's a big presence. He's like goal scorer, right? Tremendous goal scorer. Um, makes sense that he'd be on Broadway. Yeah, it, yeah, really exactly. Does. And it just it just gives them just some really nice like really nice depth scoring and like a really it's great top six forward for that team. Insane, you're calling Tarasenko depth scoring. But but to be fair, like it's just it's just one of those things that he's just going to add to the depth of the team overall. No, I know that wasn't yeah. a shot at you oh, saying okay. like, oh, he's depth. But it's just like if that's the move. That's what it's being classified as. That's nuts that your depth scorer is Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah, really good player. Really, really and really like good. Keandre Miller has been insane this year and of recent. Like he's been playing out of his mind. Chittle, is that how you say it? Heedle. Heedle. Um, he's been crazy good too this year for the Rangers. Like they're getting F F laugh and Caco Capo Capo Caco. I don't know. I, I will never get it as long as I live. If they, and you've been saying this for a few years now, but if they start playing up to, up to projections or even just keep doing what they're doing at third, at the third, uh, third line level, there, like their defense, their goaltending, their forwards Rangers could be not could be Rangers are a wagon. Rangers are going to do some pretty incredible things. Yeah, I mean, like this team could easily, um, you know, and if they if they were really feeling frisky, like if there is a really good player available, like like a star available, like a real bona fide superstar, you could trade Alexis Lafreniere and Capocaco and a bunch of other stuff for somebody big. Because, I mean, I think people would t- still want to take swings on that talent. Um, oh, no doubt. But I mean, that, that's a move. That... Sorry. Sorry. Go on. That's a move that puts the Rangers right with, uh, with the Canes and the Bruins out yeah. east. Like yeah. that, that put that that gives them that extra step. That gives them that extra lift where they can where they can skate with those guys and play with them into the third into third round of the playoffs. No problem. Like the Rangers are good and they still they've arrived. Tra- they still have a trade chip in um, uh, Vitaly Kravtsov as well. So if mm-hmm. they wanted to, if if they wanted to make a move on that end as well, um, it's something to keep in mind. But yeah, the I. I like what they're doing, and Yaroslav Halak has also been playing really well too. So just just adding to their just adding to their awesome goaltending tandem, like good stuff to see. Good stuff to see. I'm bringing it back to the Oilers for a quick second. That should be proof for Ken Holland that you got you've got to do it. You've got to go for it. You've you got to go to for it because you're seeing teams that are in a similar place, um, like roster construction wise, skill wise, whatever you want to call it. Um, NYR, NYR Nick, don't come at me for saying that. But like, if you're seeing a team like that do it, you know that you have to do it too. Yeah. You've got to keep pace. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, once again, going back to this, the, this mantra that we've heard from Oilers management, which is like money in, money out. And it's becoming more and more excruciatingly frustrating because creative teams find a way. Tampa did it a couple of years ago by trading all of their first for some for all kinds of stuff and they were able to make it happen. I do not want to hear money in money out anymore. There's no excuse. Good teams figure this shit out. So you know what? You know what I will say too? Eric Carlson, that'd be awesome if we get him. That can't be the only move. There has to be one other even if it's a small thing, you got to get creative because you're the highest paid general manager in all of hockey. Like enough's enough. You got to figure this shit out. Amen to that. Uh, have you been seeing what Sidney Crosby's been doing recently? 
I did a little bit, yeah. yeah. I'm calling it Sidney Crosby villain era activated. So when they were playing against the Ducks, Trevor Zeger shot a puck after the whistle, and Crosby took exception, gave him the business on his way by, kind of hit him in the back shoulder, and then said a few words to him. And that's cool. That's wicked to see. That's your captain. That's one of the best players in the world saying, hey, little shithead with cool hair and fancy tricks, don't be doing none of that. And then the next night, scumbag and all-around bad guy Mikey Anderson got into a tussle with the Cros, who didn't back down either. He stood up and kind of hit him in the face. Just Cros being being a tough old man. Cool to see. Wonder if Sid is deciding he's going to go full old man at this point and maybe star alongside Clint Eastwood in some old Western. But I love to see it. I like the spark. It's good to see out of, out of Sid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's. I love that he's. Uh, I love that he's just kind of embracing this like chippy old man hockey now. Because but still being a really still, good player, <laughs> still being sick at hockey. Um, yeah, yeah. He's just he's awesome, man. We don't like. It's crazy. We don't talk about Crosby very often on the show, and he's like so insanely good still. I mean, I believe he's still on pace for a hundred points. Yeah, he's his insane. con his contract too like he's it's obviously proportional to when he signed it but like the, what's his cap at like eight point eight point seven yeah that yeah 8.7 that's so easy to remember um yeah he's got a cap of 8.7 million dollars and he's got two years left after this yeah, which is crazy to think nuts. about do you want to like this just i don't know if you if you've ever noticed this but like when i'm younger and i see like really long contracts get signed and when you realize that you're almost at the end of that contract, you start to feel much more old because you're like, I remember when that contract was signed. I remember the day Sidney Crosby signed his extension. I think I was at a, I think I was having a party and somebody said Sidney Crosby signed his extension to stay in Pittsburgh. And they're like, it's 12 years and a hundred million dollars. I'm like, oh my God, that's going to be so long. And it and it's just crazy to think that it's almost here. I, I felt the same way, like thinking about John Carlson the other day. Like I remember when John Carlson signed his extension with Washington after they won the cup. And that extension is almost up. I think it's got two years left after this, which is was that, fucking crazy. Was that 2017? 2018? Uh, 2018, yeah. Yeah, yeah t- time flies, man. That doesn't oh. feel like that long ago, but on paper, sure was. Yeah, um, exactly. You were talking about a little bit before. It seems like Jacob Shekern is a Los Angeles king. That's where they've got him slated to go. Yeah, it, it's kind of back and forth. Um, a, a few of the insiders I kind of talked about today, uh, including Elliot Friedman and uh, and Frank Saravalli. Uh, so it's kind of been all over the place, but Saturday night, the Arizona Coyotes held Jacob Chikrin out of their game. And then it was announced also tonight that they're going to keep him out until the until a move is eventually made. Um, wow! So it's got to be close. Yeah, and so there was speculation, including um, Nick Kiprios yesterday had a tweet saying that there was a deal to be made around uh, the L- or the Los Angeles Kings and Jacob Chikrin and going out from the came, uh, Kings would be uh, uh, defensive prospect Brant Clark. So, but. Apparently, the LA Kings have already mentioned to both Brant Clark as well as 2020 second overall pick Quentin Byfield uh, that they will not be moving on from them in a trade. So there's it doesn't seem like they're going to be moving those players. And then in addition to that, it was announced today that the Coyotes are willing to retain on Jacob Chikrin to make they're to to make the oncoming package more palatable so i think they're they're expecting a little bit more if they hold back some money so you know 
Jacob Chikrin only makes $4.6 million, so he's like already a bargain as it is, but maybe he can be even more of a bargain, If, but that would include sending more picks and more prospects and all that extra stuff, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's, I think, because I, I guess the holdup right now with Chikrin to LA is like the contract that they want to send back isn't going to work. So it's something to keep an eye on, but it's it's not done, but... I would suspect my money is on like this is going to get done and it's going to and he's going to be an LA king which is going to really piss me off because they're just they're just going to they're just acquiring talent and yeah. it just makes me so so mad. <laughs> well, Dersey, Mikey Anderson, Dowdy, Chickering, that's a pretty Fiala, like they they yeah. acquired Fiala in the summer just because they're like, "Oh, we have a first round pick. Here you go." Yeah, dude, I wasn't even talking. I wasn't Ardvinson, isn't he on their team yeah. too? Yeah, yeah, like I wasn't even talking forwards. I was just saying, like from a from a top like four D men perspective, that's pretty damn yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. So, um, it's just yeah, eh, just another really good player, and then also going to a divisional rival too, which sucks. Yeah, a team yeah. you're probably gonna have to play through, uh, yep. to keep going in the, in the cup final. So fun, yep, cool, yep, 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 very good stuff. Um, I don't know if this has been said already, Nolan, but I think at one for one HQ, we're gonna start calling it the Timo Tracker every time we talk about Timo Meyer. Because he's like he not he's number one on TSN's trade board, um, trade bait board. So it's gonna be interesting to see where he ends up. Lots of the teams that have been uh, rumored around him are the Devils, the Hurricanes, the Bruins. So it looks like uh, Vegas, I think, is something someone else that I saw that was in on him. So uh, if he goes out east, that's better for for the Oilers. But at the same time, like if he goes to Boston or Carolina, oh my god. I think Timo Meyer has New Jersey written all over him. Yeah, no, that, I think that's, I think we've been saying that for weeks. I think Jersey's going to blink, and they're going to end up trading one of their really good prospects for him. So, mm-hmm. um, because there are quite a few other teams that are that are all in the mix. I mean, you mentioned them. I'd say that that the two that are probably uh, most uh, most thought about. I mean, Carolina would make a pretty decent one because they could probably move like Seth Jarvis and some other stuff for Timo Meyer. So. That's a pretty nice palatable prospect for, uh, well, I guess not prospect, but a nice palatable young player for San Jose to take on and really, you know, build their core with. So it's interesting. Um, and that's that's a, one of those like unicorn players, man, like 60, 70 point, maybe on a really good team. He could be an 80 point player and he's tough, big, he's thick with like four C's. <laughs> That's oh man, some team is gonna be really lucky to get him. Watch him go to like Tampa or something. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it sounds like there's a long list of suitors, like even outside of the teams we named, like that San Jose's taking calls on him every day. Of everybody's trying to make something happen. So where he ends up, nobody knows. But I think the Devils is is where everybody's kind of expecting him to go. Yeah. Uh, this one's a little bit of a cool one, Nolan. Uh, maybe you've heard about it. If you haven't, I'm excited to talk about it with you. But uh, Kevon Woodard, he's a 10-year-old hockey player from uh, Maryland. His teammates call him Hollywood because of his elaborate celebrations. But now they're calling him Hollywood because of his role in the hit TV show, The Last of Us. Um, fun fact, not really a fun fact, I guess. But just what makes this story so much cooler is that he's he's deaf. He wears a hearing aid he's, he, um, when he's out there on the ice and when he's acting. Um, but he hasn't let that stop him from being director's favorite on set. Uh, the directors are saying that he's a seasoned pro and that he takes direction incredibly and that he's, you know, a great young actor. So it's awesome to see sign language used in such a huge project and good on everybody involved here. So how to be Hollywood with art, keep it up. Yeah, it's awesome. That's really great to hear. It's such a nice little story. 
Isn't it cool? So yeah, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, certainly should. It's 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 good for you to see. And you watch the kids, uh, watch the kid play hockey. They throw a little bit of his highlights in there. He's got he's got some good hands. Skating could use a little bit of work, but I mean, he's ten. There's lots of time to get that figured wow. out. Miles Fuchs making fun of a ten year old. What a piece of shit. Well, you know what? We uh we get paid the big bucks here to be uh to be analytical, not not slick, to hand out freebies. back hair, white leather, couch. white leather couch lives for New, for Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve. Speaking of living for New Year's Eve, Nolan. Yeah. The, t- the term rock star gets thrown oh, around. Oh, here it is. Here it is. And and this week we're going to be talking about an Australian Dr. Andy Tag. He's out here doing it for real. What does that even mean? I don't know, but I wasn't sure how to start this. So, okay. Who hasn't played with Lego? How many parents worry about their kids swallowing Lego? Probably like a lot, right? Well, after countless emergency room visits from concerned parents, Australian doctor Andy Tag decided that he was going to do an experiment. So along with five of his colleagues at the hospital, their goal was to put parents' minds at ease once and for all and use this as an opportunity to highlight what is actually dangerous to ingest, things like batteries, a little I think you should leave reference in there. Um, and they decided that they were going to prove uh, again, once and for all, by ingesting coins and Lego heads, Lego pieces, being the two most common foreign objects ingested by children, um, that they were going to run this test to see, you know, if there is actually any long-lasting effects or issues with processing said Lego. And they found via the study that it is easy to pass these things through, uh, as long as folks have no history of gastrointestinal illnesses or surgeries with the results published in the American Academy of Pediatric Information. So parents parents can save themselves the trip to the emergency room next time their big greasy baby decides to treat themselves to a couple pieces of Lego during playtime. Confirmed per Dr. Andy Tag. So needless to say, I should be swallowing Lego in my spare time. <laughs> so needless to say, I just wanted to talk about this guy who was eating Lego and shitting it out with his buddies. Because that's what some, they were doing. I chucked some mega blocks in the air fryer. <laughs> yeah, I, I ate a whole bag of nickels. You Isn't remember, that, like that's a Family Guy episode. Peter goes blind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember, like, when in the nineties it was a big thing, but like people would bake like loonies and toonies into the cake. No, I don't remember that. Do you don't remember that? No. No, that was a big thing out, out in rural Sask because you'd go to a birthday party and the parent would like have cake ba- or would have uh, like coins baked into it. So like, oh, I got a slice of birthday cake with a toonie in it. Like, Is that thanks, big bang thing? <laughs> I don't want to say names, but uh, I think I just did. So anyway, but yeah, that, that was a big thing. So now, you know, anybody who any of the parents who are like, well, that's not a very thing, a very good thing to do. Uh, look, look who's laughing now because some Australian doctors that decided they were going to eat Lego and money and uh, they, they put they put the, they put that up to bed. You've heard of the tooth fairy putting a loony under your pillow, but actually she's putting it in your cupcake. <laughs> hey, she's got to find new ways to, to get the cash out there she's bust, your, bust more of your fucking teeth up in your mouth kind <laughs> of rock star that's pretty rock star that's um, pretty rock star to just yeah. eat lego and eat money with the boys so uh, and then doc- get published so dr andy tag you were miles's rock star of the week <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh boy Oh, uh, well, Miles, we, we, 
I actually thought that this was going to be a lot busier than it was, but uh, I think we made some pretty good time in this today. Yeah, we did. I'm at, honestly, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm at a little bit of a loss for how to wrap things up now that we have uh, have our order changed a little bit. So thanks a lot, Betstamp. Thanks a lot, Betstamp. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to add, Nolan, or should we wrap this up? No, I just, um, you know, I even though the uh, even though the loss yesterday sucked, um, it's uh, it you know losses. I, Losses, yeah. Actually, uh, I, I should have known it was going to be a bad day after the Oilers lost six to the Habs. So, you know, t- tough beat for me. Um, but yeah, um, I, I guess like you know, w- one thing I did want to say is um, uh, just with all the reaction and all the congratulations and all the nice words people have said uh, with regards to uh, the sponsorship and things like that and the ad reads now, like it's. It's really cool, and 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 it, and it really reminds us like how far we've come, and 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 how much this thing's still growing, and and we're still getting better at it, and we're still, you know, it's uh, it's it's really surreal more than anything, and to be able to now say that we um that we can actually do an ad read every episode is like kind of wild to think about, considering where we started. I mean, I've told you this a couple of times, but like I've listened to our first few episodes, and it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> can't believe we're the same people uh so it's uh i just want to say thank you to everybody and uh thank you for all the kind words you guys have uh uh, have sent to us so far and all the people that are continuing to share and continuing to talk about it and continuing to interact with us like it 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 really means so much to us and this is uh i've said this before but like this is only the beginning like we're just gonna just continue doing what we're doing and uh you know hopefully have some big plans down the road Yes, sir. I love it. I like the way you put it. Big thanks to everybody for tuning in to all of the episodes of One for One so far, but especially for tuning in today to the 14th episode of Season 3. Looking forward to a big week, Oilers hockey. We're excited to see these games against the Wings, uh, games against the Avs, and the other team that they're playing in the middle, the Rangers that we talked about so much. I'm such a fool. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode because, boy, oh, boy, was there ever some hot takes and some even hotter listeners. Thanks for joining us. And as always, boilers go. Boilers go. Yeah.